Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Justin Witz, founder and CEO of Catapult HQ. Justin, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing today, Andrew? I am great. Thank you. Appreciate you spending some time with us on Business Ninjas. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and about Catapult HQ. Yeah. So um, like you said, I'm Justin Witz. I am a father, uh, an entrepreneur, an innovator. Um, I have three boys that keep me incredibly active. And I like to say I have a fourth because of my dog, who's incredible. Um, I guess it's the who. The what with Catapult is that we automate requests for proposals, RFPs, something that's incredibly unsexy. And I know that's like one of those big buzzwords right now alongside AI and blockchain and cryptocurrency, but unsexy startups are really exciting. And we've been a part of the journey for almost seven years now of redefining how this process gets done. Excellent. And and get, get into that a little bit. What do you guys do in the RFP space? Yeah. So what I like to do when I tell people about RFPs, and there's some that'll say, I don't know what that is. What does that actually mean? I like to refer to Amazon or Starbucks. And if you take Starbucks that everyone's very familiar with, they have plastic cups when they fill up their frappuccinos. And those plastic cups are a certain width, they're a certain height, they can hold a certain amount of liquid within them. And they also, what most people don't know, are tested to make sure that ice cubes don't melt until after a certain amount of time. Now, Starbucks, a massive entity, what they do globally is they evaluate plastic vendors. There are certain materials that can be used in the United States that can't be used in any other country because obviously the FDA has different regulations for the U.S. versus outside the U.S., and so Starbucks evaluates multiple companies to see who can deliver billions of cups a year at certain dimensions, certain height. Um, and that goes through an RFP process. An RFP process is another way to say procurement, and it's a way to acquire goods and services. So there are two sides. There's a side that has to issue it, Starbucks issuing out an RFP, and then there's another where a vendor is responding to it. And, and, and what part of that process Yours is the platform to engage on both ends of that equation. Explain that a little bit. Yeah, that, that is correct. We're actually incredibly unique in our placement where we accommodate not only both sides of that equation inside of one centralized tool, we also help those vendors going through that responsive experience manage their content. And that content can be used beyond RFPs as well. You really see that being utilized from a risk management perspective, cybersecurity, really where they just want to recall a lot of great content that they want to use for any other purpose that's centralized for their entire team with version control and team collaboration. Interesting. Okay. And what's the origin story? You are the founder. What's the origin story of Catapult HQ? How long have uh, you since, So since this is recorded, I'll keep some of the origins out of the mix. Um, so I served... <laughs> I served in the United States Air Force, and I was exposed early in my career to running RFPs for NASA, Boeing, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, um, and they put me in charge of several projects. The biggest one was a satellite launch for the country of Italy, um, and that was back in 2006 to 2010, um, did a, a handful of them in Iraq as well. When I got home, I worked for a fintech company, and in 2016, I created the idea for Catapult. On the government side, I was like a Starbucks. We were constantly issuing out RFPs and evaluating government entities on who we wanted to work with and do business with. When I worked for a fintech company, it was the opposite. I was in that responsive state. 
And so in 2016, it was really trying to figure out, can I solve this? I'm not the only one feeling with this pain. I thought government was the only one who was working in an archaic manner and then quickly realized, well, so does FinTech, so does healthcare, and so does every industry because there's over $6 trillion spent on this a year. Um, so 2016, we're feeding through the idea of, can this be solved? Can this be automated? Um, and that's when I laid out the entire vision for Catapult. And actually, I got into a hotel room, escaped my wife and kids, went alone and bought a bunch of those post-its that are like two foot by three foot. I put them all around the walls, all four by four walls, and literally diagrammed out the entire database and structure of Catapult. But the, uh, the story that's not safe for work was I was showering. And it was number, I think, 75 for the names, 75 or 76 that I created Catapult. I had names like Procurify, um, Trebuchet. Nobody could spell Trebuchet. We ended <laughs> up with Catapult, which I created in the shower. So, <laughs> well, you know, the background. You referred to the RFP space as not being sexy, but I could swear you just rattled off that there are $6 trillion a year spent in the RFP space. That is correct. And that is sexy. I, I'm going to say most entrepreneurs would refer to that number of commas as being fairly sexy. Yes. Yeah. Which helps us too, is when I was going through the, uh, the building out, like through an accelerator phase and a pitch book and talking with VCs and private equity companies, investors, as we went through our seed and, and we're now pursuing our series A round, um, normally they say, wait, so what's your market size? And we lay out that six trillion market size and then we segment it down to the industries we're very tailored on, like really laser focused. And when they see six trillion, the response normally is no way. That's that's like an absurdity. It's like saying you have a billion dollar unicorn. And then we show all the research and documentation about how it's actually over the six trillion mark and their eyes just pop. And it immediately goes to, well, who else is doing this? Why aren't there more competitors? What's preventing people from, from jumping into this? And the biggest aspect is the most amount of RFPs are in the government space. In the United States of America, the only way to do work with a government entity is you can't have employees in certain countries like India. So that's a deterrent for a lot of US-based companies. You can't be a Canadian-based company or any company outside of the US. And if you're internally owned US side, you can't be a foreigner. Um, there's, there's multiple restrictions unless you have majority shares being held by a veteran, meaning that you're a minority-owned veteran business. Um, so those restrictions really deter a lot of people. And that's where we have an upper hand with my background being in the military and some of our staff members also being in the military. Hey, you saw a tiny keyhole of a niche and you filled it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you existed on both sides of the RFP equation in previous lives means you have a 360 degree sort of perspective of what's needed. So that's fabulous. Who are your clients? What, what verticals are you servicing with this platform? Yeah, so the key ones that we focus on right now is FinTech is our core industry that we focus on. We're laser focused directly on fintech. We're in 27 different industries right now. Our top three would be fintech, uh, logistics, supply chain, government, um, or I'm sorry, that's like your top four. Um, we're in government right now as well. And we're penetrating more and more in the government space. Um, but those would be our, our rounded out top five. But really, the, the three are the ones that we're really laser focused on um, as we speak right now. I would imagine, imagine, excuse me, that the, the sales cycle trying to land a government contract has to be incredibly long, and that any tool like yours can, that can shorten the process would be invaluable. Yes, agreed. Um, the downside with that is we won one client, and it took a month and a half to win them, 
And it was a low five-figure deal, nothing, nothing huge. Um, we've won bigger government entities in faster time for more spend. And then the flip of that is you could try to win a big government entity and it takes 18 months. And we're, we're dealing with one right now. It's a six-figure deal. We've been talking to them for almost two years. Um, and they finally just narrowed it down to us against somebody else. And we're just waiting to find out what that result is. Excellent. What, what makes you stand out from your competition? What differentiates you? One of the key things right off the bat is experience. Um, normally what you see, and I find this a lot with a lot of young founders, is a lot of young founders are coming right out of college or within college or of going from a trade school perspective or no college and are creating a startup based on what they, they've witnessed and experienced by their parents with the jobs they have or through friends with experiences they're sharing. So they pursue this, hey, we're going to create a startup. And as we all know, 97% of startups fail in the first year. And it's primarily because of lack of experience. You need experience to build out a proper MVP. Once you have a proper MVP, what you're really leveraging in that next phase is a network. And so experience is number one. Like you mentioned, I have a 360 experience. Well, so does my team. I'm able to pour into them. I'm able to give them the right research, the right documentation. I've also been able to blessingly hire people with experience in this space that understand it as well to contribute to different use cases. And the other thing I did that was really unique was while I worked for a fintech company, I spent six and a half years building my network. I did that by things like, as we talked about, publish or perish, write when you can write, go speak publicly, build your repertoire so people actually trust what you're saying. They have a source to validate it. You're being validated by others. So when you launch a product, you're more willing to get those beta testers that are desperate. And then if you humble yourself, and you say, while you're beta testing, I would love your feedback. They're more willing to give it. And if you add and sprinkle swag, man, you, you take people over the edge. Um, so those, uh, those would be my two key things. Experience, building out a network of trust. It takes time. And that's where I really believe the ones who are most successful as founders are the ones starting companies 30s, 40s, 50s because they've, they've built that network. They've gone through a lot of mature experiences that have given them a different outlook and perspective. And that risk they're taking is a little bit different. Um, whereas a fresh, young 20-something, which I love the energy and the innovation and the drive, you're taking a ton of risk, which I did the same thing, which I, again, admire. And I think it's, it's healthy, um, but you don't have a full sense of purpose of everything that comes into play. And that's where mistakes get made. And that's why you see such a high trend of startups failing so quickly. Well, hey, at, at the age you're talking about, people aren't are transactional. They don't necessarily mm -hmm. see that things are all relationship based, and you know, long range goals are hard to come by because they just haven't been on the planet long enough to to think that way. But no, I, I understand your perspective. What What are some of the most common problems that you're solving for your clients? The biggest one right now that we're solving, um, and one of the things I would say is in financial technology, specifically financial services, it is a highly regulated industry. There's a lot of oversight and visibility by the Department of Justice, the Department of Labor. Um, and you think about rules like fiducia, or I'm sorry, fiduciary rules, you have a risk of law that comes into play, especially around the retirement plan. Where we help people solve pain is more for financial advisors or an easy use case to reference. Their job from a federally regulated process and a mandate from ERISA is to run RFP every three to five years. But advisors, especially in the state of North Carolina where I live, to become a financial advisor and manage someone's money on a retirement plan for a company or as a wealth advisor, 
it requires less education than becoming a barber. So more scrutiny to become a barber than it is to manage millions of dollars of someone's money. Um, so one of the things that we find with financial advisors, and there's over 400,000 of them, is a lot of them are very skilled and talented. Some of them have inherited books of business, but they don't know starting points. They're specialized, they're tailored, they're very intelligent in what they do. But then there's that area of gray where they don't have experience. And so what we've done that where we help people is we've built templates. So they have a foundational starting point. That's one key area we really help people is where do you start? How do you evaluate? How do you assess, score, and make a decision? And then how do you document that? Because that's a requirement. And then on the other side for vendors responding, one of the biggest struggles vendors have is content management. And I don't mean content management like in a website, like I'm running a content management blog. I'm talking content management, like here's every question I've ever been asked, every answer I've ever used, every iteration and version of that. I tailored it differently when I responded to Google versus when I responded to Apple. You need a centralized place to do that with your team, because if you start to silo information, it gets very discombobulated. You have um, version control issues and it's a struggle. And that's what we dealt with in the government was I would send out an RFP and I'd get 60 different companies responding. And then we're making decisions, but we're making decisions on a Word doc before there was collaboration. Think this post 2010. So now I'm sharing my feedback with another team member that got a more updated version and I've got to redo my work. So we're solving those pain points, which drastically reduces the amount of time it takes and provides unfound, unfathomable efficiencies. Excellent. Yeah, you, you live in a world of compliance and governance. Do you have... Are there rules that are different state by state in terms of RFPs and the way they have to be executed? Or it, it really is industry-based? It's predominantly industry-based. Okay, understood. All right, let, let's switch gears a little bit. Last couple of years have been challenging for a lot of companies mm -hmm. to weather the COVID storm. Tell me uh, how things were for Catapult HQ and how you managed to, to sustain and grow the business through COVID. We've been incredibly fortunate through this season, and it's something we were talking about internally. It's There's parts of you that wants to say, oh, my God, COVID is terrible. And I think that's every part of everyone wants to say this is the worst experience anyone can have. The economic impact has been a disaster for so many countries and so many people. But one thing from like a, a corporate perspective, when you think like the vision of a company trying to launch it and get it off the ground and, and penetrate more of market share, RFPs aren't stopping. You're seeing, obviously... The boomerang effect with the employees, right? People are silent quitting, but then there's the boomerang effect where they're coming back because they can't go get jobs anywhere else. Um, interest rates are increasing. Things have become more expensive, so they need to have employment. Well, the one thing that hasn't changed, though, is companies are still trying to grow and scale. I mean, you look at Apple now switching to titanium phones. Guess what? There were RFPs done on that. Well, that RFP for titanium phones wasn't done in 2023, nor was it done in 2022. It was done in 2020, 2021 in preparation for what's to come. Um, so I think for us, what we have seen is a significant boost in activity because while companies are in some cases downsizing, other cases, a lot are still trying to grow and silently grow because they don't want to build too much visibility on what's happening internally, only externally. Um, we have seen more activity happening on Catapult for use cases you wouldn't find being an RFP. For example, staffing companies using us to find and hire talent through an RFP. Really? It's a great use case. You wouldn't think it would be something somebody would do, but now people are saying, hey, we need better processes in place to control the money we have going in and out because we're now more sensitive to how money's being spent. And that's been a significant change. And it's 
literally opened us up to more industries much faster because people are looking at Catapult saying, oh my God, you can do this for us because this is how we currently do it. And it's it's very arduous. And our response is, yeah, you know, I didn't think of it that way, but it is a great project management planning tool for you. And you can use it that way. And that's where we've seen a lot of accelerated growth. Excellent. All right. Look down the road a year. What what are some things you'd like to be celebrating personally and professionally? Uh, but professionally, our goal is to close out a Series A round. Um, is our next step in our our path. Um, so I'd love to be able to celebrate that. We um, are looking to expand our offices. So there's a building that we have that's we've been literally praying over for years because that's what we want to do next is get this building. Um, we have a great office space right now. We've got multiple locations. Everyone's pretty much remote, but. We have visions for really doing stand-ups a certain way, building out a conference line. So we, we're bringing companies here into Charlotte, North Carolina, building out the ecosystem for the banking district that we have here, um, hitting a certain team count. So our goal is to, to hit a number by year end um, of next year. So we want to be able to celebrate that as well. So that's professional. A personal growth, honestly, finding ways to um, really relate to multiple industries in, in a very quick way. Um, that's more professional, sorry, personal, let's really hit on personal. Let me actually think about this one. Um, I could easily say, spend more time with my wife and children. Um, my son's in T-ball right now. So baseball is not my sport. If he was playing soccer, I'd be the happiest guy in the world, but he loves T-ball. So, um, being able to be a part of that coaching experience. But one of the things I have right now is I want to get back to one book um, a week in reading. Um, it's a personal goal that we still have. Another is I, I don't know about you, Andrew, but I'm dissatisfied with the adoption of texting. I mean, I love it. I think it's a great medium, but I miss phone calls. And so this year, I've really been on this path of phoning people. I don't want to text you. I want to call you. I want it to be a very intimate and personal relationship with you. So pursuing relationships at a deeper level is really important to me. Even if it's an acquaintance, you know, I don't want to text you to say, hey, are you still on for the meeting? I want to call you and, and let you hear my enthusiasm and really have that relationship. Well, I'm a little bit older than you, and I appreciate that sort of relationship. <laughs> I, I'm amazed how many people only want to text in the business context. Yeah. You know, you leave a voicemail, you send an email, nothing. You text, they respond immediately. And, and that's pretty foreign to me, but it is 2023. And, you know, we got to communicate with people how they will allow, but Believe me, I would much rather have a conversation than uh, use my thumbs. Agreed. What role has content played in the growth of Catapult HQ? How are you telling your story? Uh, so we we aren't leveraging content the way we should be leveraging it. Um, it has helped us tremendously when we have used it. And then we just we don't throw more wood into the fire as it's burning. So for us, um, what we've been able to see from a content perspective is it's invaluable. I mean, um, you sent something to me and it's uh, Gary V basically stating every company is a media company. If you're not pushing out content, you're going to fail because we all are now marketing. Um, and it's so true. And what I find is that our clients really look to us as a source of truth. Um, they want to hear industry trends from us. They want to see what's going on, best practices. And the less we're pushing content, it's not that it limits the trust, but it, it creates the question of, well, how, how dedicated are you to this and to this space? So they get a lot of one-on-one -on -one emails, but more content, more material really magnifies that attention and awareness. So I'd say we've done a, a subpar job and we've still been able to grow tremendously, which is you know just mind-blowing in itself. 
leveraging better content, I obviously know that'll increase things tenfold. And that's something that we're working on for an initiative. Excellent. All right. Please tell everyone what's your URL and what social media outlets are they are you using these days? Where can people find Catapult HQ? Yeah, so we're heavy on LinkedIn, um, Twitter, and, and Instagram. And then our website's catapulthq.com, C-A-T-A-P-U-L-T-H-Q.com. Excellent. Justin Witz of Catapult HQ, thank you for spending some time with us on Business Ninjas. All the best to you and yours and continued success at Catapult HQ. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.